I believe that most of us nowadays are inspiration junkies. We all love to be inspired. Who, who doesn't? I mean, who doesn't love a new experience, a vacation? You know, we're constantly addicted to the bings and the, and the beeps of our, in, of our messages on social media because every moment that we get a beep, it's something new. It's something exciting. It's much easier to engage in that newness than it is to go back to work and focus on that job or that task at hand. So too with our relationships. It's much easier to hook up or to uh, play the field than it is to engage in a long-term committed relationship because long-term relationships require work. And a lot of that fun and that inspiration of that newness tends to fade. So the reality is that in life, every new experience has a high and that high is often followed by a low. And that low often is the time when people break up, when they quit their job, they, they seek something new. They try to run away from the relationship to find a new relationship. And they think that means that it wasn't the right fit, wasn't the right job, wasn't the right person. And the reality is, is that those experiences separate the men from the boys. It's in those moments when we lose the inspiration that we have the ability to actually do the work, to put in the time and the effort and the commitment to own the relationship and to make it our own. And that's really when we have the opportunity to inspire ourselves. That initial phase is a free gift. It didn't, we didn't do anything to get that love at first sight or that beginner's luck. But when we put in the effort, when we're not feeling it, so that's really our opportunity to learn to inspire ourselves. And I call that phase the integration phase. Can we really integrate into our personality the inspiration and make it our own and learn to inspire ourselves? And that's really where real growth takes place. Real growth does not take place in the easy, free, fun moments of life. Real growth takes place in the challenging moments when it's hard and we have to stick through it and own it. It can be compared to a person going on a journey at night, on a dark, stormy night through the woods. You can't see more than a foot in front of you. You don't know if there's wild animals, cliffs, ravines, rivers, stumbling blocks. But every few minutes, there's a crash of lightning that illuminates the darkness. And in that split moment, you see 10 feet in front of you. And then you begin your journey again in the darkness. It's in those moments of darkness, those moments where we lack the inspiration, that real growth takes place. The moments of inspiration are moments to chart our journey, to get clarity on what we really want in life. In this week's Torah portion, the Jewish people leave Mount Sinai. After a year of staying at the mountain and receiving the Ten Commandments, the, the tablets, twice actually, now it's time to journey through the desert once again on our way to the land of Israel. We finally completed the Mishkan, the tabernacle, where God's presence is visible. We see a cloud of the, the divine presence that's surrounding this tabernacle. How do we know it's time to journey away from the mountain? The Torah portion tells us that the presence of God departs. It lifts up. 
and suddenly the cloud is no longer visible. Now is the time to journey. We journey when God's presence is not with us. When we feel alone and empty, that's the time to travel. That's the time to go and search for God, to earn that connection. And then when the presence became revealed again, then we would camp again and feel God's presence once again. So it's really in those moments where we feel alone, where we lack the inspiration, that's when it's time to move and to grow. Just like in the darkness after the crash of lightning departs, after we lose that illumination. So I want to conclude by sharing you with you an amazing, amazing idea that comes out of this week's Torah portion as well. We, we learn the laws of Shabbos from the construction and the work of the Mishkan, of the tabernacle in the desert. The 39 creative activities that went into building the tabernacle, those are the things we don't do on Shabbos. The tabernacle is a microcosm of the universe. So those 39 activities relate in some way to the 39 creative, creative activities that God utilized when creating the universe. And therefore on Shabbos, we cease from creating the physical world. And so we stop from doing those 39 activities. So really the things that are forbidden biblically on Shabbos are creative actions. So to destroy something would really be biblically permitted because you're not creating anything. But there's one type of destruction, maybe a few types of destruction that are, are in fact creative. And one of those is when you destroy something on condition to rebuild it, right? If you break something down because you're renovating it, because you're making it bigger or better, so that's actually constructive. The, the tearing down is just part of the process of rebuilding. So there's an opinion in the Talmud that says that that act of destroying in order to rebuild is only a biblical issue when you have to re, when you want to rebuild it on the same place. You're building down a wall in order to rebuild the wall in the same location. But if you were going to knock it down to build it in another location, that would not be prohibited. And the Talmud asks, what do you mean? How do, how, how do, why is breaking something down in order to rebuild it prohibited from the Torah? Because that was something that was done in the activities of the, the Mishkan, of the tabernacle. When was the tabernacle broken down in order to be rebuilt? When we would travel on our journeys through the desert. We would break down the tabernacle and rebuild it. But the Talmud says, but every time we rebuilt it, we built, rebuilt it in another place, not in the same place. So what does it mean that, that, the, that the opinion of the Talmud says that it's only when you have to rebuild it in the same place? So answers the Talmud because really every time the Jews rebuilt the tabernacle, it was also in the same place because we constantly traveled with God's presence. And therefore, wherever we rebuilt, we were also with God's presence. This can be compared to a mother going about her daily errands with her infant baby in her arms. If you ask the mother, where did you go today? She will say, I went to the store. I went to the bank. I picked up my other kids from school. I did carpool. I got the mail. And then I came home. But if you ask the baby, where did you go today? The baby will answer, I was in my mother's arms. When we recognize that we are in God's embrace, so we realize that even the challenging times, even the times when we lack inspiration, even when we feel that God's presence has departed, he's really with us all along. 
And I want to conclude with a famous poem, an American poem called Footsteps. The poem says as follows, you might be familiar with it, you can Google it. I was, I saw myself walking along the beach of my life. And I saw the footsteps in the sand that represented all the journeys of my life. And besides my footsteps was God's footsteps. And I saw that God was walking behind, besides me as I journeyed through my life. But then I saw the difficult moments of my life. And then I saw only one set of footsteps there. And I said, God, God, why did you abandon me during those difficult times? And God responded, those footsteps you see there are mine. During those difficult times in your life, I was carrying you. So we all have moments of challenge. We all have moments where we feel alone. Really, those are times when God is carrying us. He's teaching us to become great, to become independent. As the Baal Shem Tov explains, when parents want their kids to learn to walk, they take a few steps away from the child. The child feels all alone. The child stumbles, and then the child learns to walk all by themselves. Our little uh, six-month-old is trying to walk all by himself. He is not ready to walk. He's only six months old. Children usually don't walk until they're like one. So he has been falling on his head every day. So we just bought him a helmet. It's the cutest thing in the world. We have never had to buy any of our kids a helmet, but this kid is very in adventurous. He wants to do it on his own. And that's what Hashem does for us. Every time we feel alone, every time we face a challenge in life, Hashem is giving us the opportunity to walk all by ourselves. I remember the first time I learned how to ride my bike. My father was walking behind me and he was holding onto my bike. And I said, Dad, don't let go. Don't let go. Don't let go. And then I heard his voice from many feet behind me saying, I let go about five minutes ago. You've been riding all by yourself. That's, that's what life is all about. Learning to ride the ups and downs of life. As Rabbi Nachman, the great Hasidic master said, a person has to be an expert in ups and downs because it's in those ups and downs that we really have the ability to soar. And we are always in Hashem's arms. I want to wish you all a beautiful, beautiful Shabbos.